Welcome to iPhoto. Good morning, and welcome to episode 66 of Industry 4.0. I'm Jeff Podzinski, joined by Irvin Lucas today. Good morning, Irvin. How you doing? Doing well. How you been? It's been a, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been on. Yeah, it's good to have you back, man. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm ready to get into the tech news from this week. Um, to start the episode, we have a couple quick stories just to touch on. First one is uh, IFA 2018. If you're not aware of IFA, it is a tech show in Germany, uh, hosted in Berlin. Just a couple announcements uh, there. The show's uh, taking place currently, uh, although major announcements have already occurred, uh, wraps up on September 5th. Uh, lots of uh, interesting tech news here. We've got news from smartphones, smartwatches, computing, TVs. Um, a lot of cool announcements regarding 8K, uh, a lot of uh, assistant integrations into existing technology. Irvin, any thoughts on this? Yeah, there's some uh, there's some cool announcements here and there uh, sprinkled throughout uh, IFA 2018. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, a lot of uh, smart uh, watch announcements, specifically um, Android Wear announcements, uh, not just regular smart watches. A whole bunch of people announced new versions of them, so it looks like the, the Android Wear is still uh, alive and kicking. Um, that's sort of related to some news that we're going to be uh, talking about later um about the pixel watch but um a lot of other announcements as well related to laptops so a lot of manufacturers announced new laptops uh, a lot of them are removing their bezels uh, which could be either a good or a bad thing depending on who you, who you talk about talk to about but it does sort of improve you know that footprint making laptops smaller while still keeping uh, a relatively big uh, screen size which i think is good for travelers um, here and there. Um, but yeah, a lot, lots of different announcements we'll have linked in the show notes, but just wanted to briefly mention uh, that this show was going on or currently is going on, but like Jeff said, a lot of the announcements were already made um, uh, at the beginning uh, by the press. Yeah, some cool stuff here. Some Alexa-enabled TVs, some... Uh... There's a sound bar here that has Chromecast enabled and wall bouncing surround, some other cool stuff like that. So check out the link in the show notes after the show and take a look. Um, another quick story, Google Assistant can now understand two different languages at once, uh, bilingual support. Um, it looks like right now it is capable of understanding English, German, French, Spanish, Italian, and Japanese, uh, and it's intending on expanding that list. Um, this is cool news. What do you think, Irvin? Yeah, definitely is, especially from coming from a, a household that does speak two different languages. This is definitely a, a really uh, awesome announcement that you don't have to go into the settings and change your uh, Google Home to what language it's listening to. Uh, you can just pick two right now out of these six, a combo. You can make a, several different combinations there. Um, hopefully, like they said, they are expanding to more languages. Um, and I, this is a good thing because then you don't have to, you know, whatever la la language you feel more comfortable and you just say the command and it, it'll understand it and it'll do that action. Yeah. It's pretty cool that it can switch on the fly like that and understand what 
language you're uh, trying to speak. I think it's a definitely a nice direction for it to head in. I feel like this is kind of the intended use of this, uh, you know, support for different languages with assistance. And um, it looks like there's, uh, they're looking like they're going to support 30 languages by the end of this year. Um, and about 15 are supported in general by Lang ID, which uh, identifies the language. Um, it looks like in general can identify Hindi, Marathi, Indonesian, English, French, German, Italian, Japanese, Korean, Portuguese, Spanish, Dutch, Russian, and Swedish. So um, those things are what I'd imagine their upcoming support for this bilingual. Um, like I said, it's and Irvin said it's limited to six right now, but it looks like those will be included in the future. I've I've experienced this switching thing previously, but not on the Google Home since, of course, it wasn't available till now. But uh, <laughs> when I was using um, voice to text on my phone using the Google keyboard uh, on Android, you can set up multiple languages. You can set up like a primary one and a secondary one. You've been able to do this for the voice voice to text feature, um, and it was fairly good in in detecting. You just tap tap the voice button. And then you just say, pick a language out of those two that you picked as your primary or secondary, and that'll just figure out and automatically transcribe what you're saying um, in that language. So that was pretty cool. And now they're sort of, I guess, I'm assuming similar technologies are bringing that over to uh, the Google Home. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping this, uh, I know you and I have messed with in person trying to use the translate tool with picking up audio, trying to kind of communicate between two different languages just to see how it worked and mm -hmm. it was it was a little manual like you had to tell it what you wanted to do and i'm hoping that this kind of integration sort of leads to a, a lack of a language barrier in communication for google products um or google assistant enable products i should say they, they should add hungarian to that support list by the I, way i agree just saying google if you're listening hi <laughs> 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 and uh, <laughs> the, the last quick topic that we have here is um, regarding an iOS 12 beta update, <laughs> or I guess you could call it an update. <laughs> uh, yeah. This, this is an issue with a bug where um, iOS would repeatedly tell you that you need to, you could update um, from the iOS 12 beta to a new version, and there was no new version to update to. And allegedly this would happen every time you unlocked your screen with a pop-up message. Uh, Irvin, I think you saw this. Yeah, I, I was experiencing. So I've been running iOS 12 beta since the first public beta came out. And uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I noticed something on like Thursday night towards Thursday night. It's like, I, I've seen this pop-up before. And then when I clicked OK and go to the settings, check new update, it was a new update. So I updated it. Um, but now I saw this update and I went to the set of this pop-up, went to the settings, there's no update. I was like, okay, maybe it was just a mistake. And then I locked my phone and 15, 10, 15 minutes later, I opened my phone again, check my messages and the new pop-up. I was like, okay, this is annoying. And then it kept happening and happening more and more, more frequently. Sometimes it would do it when you unlock it, sometimes it wouldn't. And then as the day went on, the night went on, and then especially the next morning, every time you use your phone this pop-up would come up and then it sort of became this meme on the internet um all over twitter and everybody was like kind of annoyed by it and then 
uh, on Friday, um, I think afternoon, Apple released an emergency sort of update that fixed uh, this issue. Um, yeah, I can only... uh, it's kind of annoying, but good thing that they fixed it. I could only imagine experiencing this <laughs> if you're testing a beta like that and then you're trying to use your phone and it just annoys you the entire time. It's not a good yeah. look. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, that's those are our three quick topics to start the show. Um, yeah. One of the more beefy ones to get into uh, is, you know, the Internet's kind of reacting to finding out that Google and MasterCard uh, have some deals regarding advertisements, advertisements and tracking retail sales. Um, you know, this is kind of par for the course, in my opinion, in the, you know, modern realm with tracking your purchases and displaying ads catered to those purposes. But it gets a little interesting here because it's an exchanging of data between two big companies regarding this. And basically, Google is getting purchase history information from MasterCard and then catering ads towards consumers based on that. Um, I don't know. What What are your thoughts on this, Urban? Yeah. Um, so this this story came out and I was like, didn't the news came out that Google or Facebook was already doing this type of thing? And this was sort of just a confirmation that Google's doing it, too. So this this sort of this sort of uh, deal is is to try to bridge the gap between online and and physical stores because you sort of when you're doing online advertisements you don't know um, you sometimes know when they uh, actually buy something online but if what if they decide to go to a physical store and buy that thing that you, you advertise to them um, on the internet while they're browsing around you necessarily don't know if they've finally made that purchase so you can't sort of close that deal and see sort of show how successful your ad really was um on the internet so um i wasn't really surprised that google was was making these deals with massacred i'm assuming they're doing it with visa as well maybe american express i'm not i wouldn't doubt that um that they're uh, getting that data too it's just another revenue source for all these big MasterCard and Visa and all these companies to to sort of sell this data, and I'm sure it's covered by their uh, pri- uh, policies that you whenever you sign up for a credit card that they have the right to sell this data. I'm, I'm sure it's anonymized, right? Um, well, it, although it could be, I don't know about that. <laughs> not not that I said that it could not be because th- how would you confirm that? Okay, this person was shown this ad and now they bought that thing right in the store like how would you tie those two um, uh, identities together without actually knowing who that was right so i don't know if maybe it's like if if they have a certain account number for a credit card and then if that's linked to an account online if that's how they do it or if it's individual based which is a little creepier where they know who you are specifically at least in their you know algorithms um it's interesting because when you when you brought facebook that was facebook talking about how it had this kind of deal with banks to do this and now it's a credit card company working with google to do this um it's I mean, I, I agree. I think that in the privacy statements, that, you know, this this is what you get when you open a, a credit account. Um, but some some other creepy news is that companies like Google and Facebook and Twitter are apparently looking into Bluetooth beacons 
that actually track when you enter stores too. And, yeah. um, you know, you can't turn off cookies in real life like you can online either. So there's no really <laughs> avoiding this. Um, yeah. So I'm reading this Bloomberg article and the MasterCard spokesman um, did say that no individual trans transactions or personal data is provided. Uh, we do not provide insights that track serve ads, uh, serve ads to or even measure the ad effect effectiveness to individual of um, individual consumers can't talk today um <laughs> so it looks like it's just it is on anonymized data but they sort of want to see okay they, we ran an ad for toilet paper how many people did but did how many people bought toilet paper this week right or this brand of toilet paper that's i'm assuming that's what they're tracking they're not seeing individually if you saw an ad for for toilet, what this brand of toilet paper and then you went out to buy it yeah, and for example, it's an overall how successful if the people are actually going out and buying that individual item or that type of item, that's what it looks like that they're selling. So I guess that's, you know, obviously uh, something Google's interested in. I guess it's a little nicer than having that tied to your individual identity, which would be a lot creepier. Um, and also they're stating that the data is transformed with uh, an encryption method so that if, if it was put in the public, no one could do anything with it, um, which is what you would hope for as well. Um, but this is, this is interesting because, you know, it's that, that tying like we're talking about of your physical behaviors, whether they're anonymized or not, to your online activity and how those are becoming more and more correlated um, with advances in technology and new deals between huge companies like MasterCard and Google. So it's definitely an interesting topic. And, uh, you know, the, the public's becoming aware of this, not only through shows like ours, but also through the, the article sharing this information and people speaking up about it. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the market shaped with deals like this occurring. Yeah, for sure. So, and like uh, I mentioned, other companies are doing it. Facebook too. Um, that I've I've read a previous reports that Facebook has been doing this for a while, tracking sort of the brick and mortar sales and and tying that to advertisements on Facebook. Um, so, I wonder if this yeah. will go in a non anonymized direction. I could see that happening. You know, you see these movies about the future and predicting what's going to happen. And I think targeted ads are like almost an inevitability. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like this is something coming down the pipe. Definitely yeah. something to look out for more news on. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you could be potentially buying and MasterCard could be tracking is uh, new Apple products that you might be buying after the September 12th announcement. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Apple has sent out invites to uh, media to attend a media, uh, uh, an event on September 12th at Apple Park. Uh, the meeting is tied with the tagline, uh, gather around. Um, and then immediately people started uh, saying that a round iPhone is confirmed. <laughs> 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 um, as well as a round Apple Watch. Uh, but then uh, we'll, we'll talk about in a little second, there's some leaks that happened that sort of uh, debunked those rumors. Um, <laughs> both with the watch as around watch and around phone. Uh, but it looks like, yeah, an event will be taking place. A lot of 
a lot of rumors were around when this event will take place. Of course, every year around September, Apple hosts an event to launch uh, their new phones for the holiday season. And and this looks like it's the, the same thing, although there are some rumors of additional uh, devices that they might be announcing as well. So just to round up some rumors, looks like they're going to be launching two different iPhone uh, 10 uh, models specifically one with the normal 5.8 inch uh, that's currently out and a larger screen 6.5 inch model and then a lower cost 6.1 inch uh, with a regular lcd screen uh, so it looks like we are getting fully getting rid of the home button if the rumors are true what an, what an era then enter an what era a, what yeah. an era the yeah. the iconic home button is no more yeah um, it's replaced by face id and i'm I curious guess. to see what this uh, 6.1 inch lower cost 6.1 inch a smartphone cuz i'm assuming uh, all the other ones both of the other ones will maintain their high price tag but this lower cost 6.1 inch i think will be fairly popular it depends on how low cost it is yeah right it is apple low cost or like one plus low cost i'm not betting my money on that a one plus type of low cost uh, iphone from apple um that's not gonna happen anytime soon yeah it's good um, to, not to bet your money because you're gonna need it to buy one so that's <laughs> <laughs> true that's true um but those the iphones aren't the only thing that's expected to launch during this event um, I have some screenshots that I'm showing of the iPhones, potential iPhones um, that they're launching. But there's also rumors of uh, launching uh, Apple Watch Series 4 Yeah. with a bigger screen. Um, finally, some updates to the, the look of the Apple Watch since the first time it came out because it hasn't really changed that much externally, just, just, uh, just internally. Uh, there were some updates made from the first one to the Series 3 that's out now. Um, hopefully some bigger screens get, get more real estate on those uh, devices. And then the last thing that's rumored is updates to iPads. Actually, there's two others. Updates to iPads, including, again, that trend, smaller bezels. Uh, everybody's getting rid of bezels. <laughs> and potentially also doing um, Face ID uh, on the iPad as well. Which is pretty cool. Um, this Apple Watch, it looks like they have a lot going on in a, like in their limited space here. There's like the the current weather conditions. It looks like there's. Oh a, right, uh, I think you're talking about the leaks. I haven't yeah. said the leaks yet. So <laughs> <laughs> funny story. So yeah, these are just the rumors, and then uh, I think one more thing is there the lower end MacBooks are potentially going to launch as well and new mac minis this is going to be a feature-packed event yeah uh, if all of these things are announced they might just hold another event for all the other stuff we don't know <laughs> um, but if not it might be like a three three and a half hour event <laughs> it'll be a marathon um we'll see we'll, we'll find out september 12th but you're saying that 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 the design on the apple watch the the new watch face with the new screen well there's a, a, a leak happened that's yeah. exclusive to 95 Mac. Uh, that's kind of funny story behind it. Uh, so there were leaks of the full, the new uh, iPhone X 
S design or 10S design. Um, and people were already uh, making jokes about the name of excess, like excessive, <laughs> the expensive. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, a, a leaked screenshot of the new gold version uh, or I would say it's not even gold. It's like a dark copper. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of like it. Um, it's not like that flashy, you know, gold uh, color of the two new sizes of iPhones. And these were kind of leaked in a funny way, according to the sources. Uh, Apple was testing apparently at their live stream that they typically run on these uh, phone events or these announcements. And someone found that secret link and they joined and took some screenshots while they were testing <laughs> uh, their live stream. Oh, man. Um, so the leak of the iPhone 10 or yeah, 10S, uh, as well as the one that was Jeff was talking about, the new Series 4 with the bigger screen. Right. So you're saying it does look busy? Yes. So it has like not only your your you know, analog watch or digital, I guess, is an option too, but it, it has like your schedule appointments around that circular design of the clock. Uh, the calendar date has, looks like links to maps and Apple music. And I, I'm not even sure what that third one is. And then it's got your different corners of the screen have like your weather readings, your, your stopwatch or countdown timer, um, the like heat index or sun, like how much UV is out that day. And then, um, uh, a countdown to an appointment or something like that. But it looks like they're using basically every, every possible <laughs> space on this screen in every single way. There's just so much going on. I guess, yeah, they want to make best use of the real estate that they have and, and I guess make it more useful for, you know, that glanceability, right? You just want to do a quick glance on your watch and see all the updates that you really care about. It makes sense if you are putting a bigger screen on that watch. Um, yeah, it does look busy, but if it's the right information uh, that's put on there that's relevant to you, then of course, all of these are, are customizable. If you ever owned an Apple Watch, you can customize all these screens of what for the information that's relevant to you. So it doesn't necessarily have to list all of this at all times, but yeah. um, you can switch out uh, whatever is relevant to you. But it sort of makes sense for, um, um, you know, the bigger screen, make it make the best use of it. Yeah. There are also rumors that according to this, that um, they are, there isn't going to be a Wi-Fi model. They're going to just go with the LTE model. Like all of them will just have LTE built in. And if you want to pay for the LTE, you can, but you don't have to. I don't know about that one. Yeah. Um, and also the side button is no longer an actual button. Uh, so just like the they did with the iPhone 7, the actual home button wasn't actually clicking in. It was just the haptic feedback that faked the clicking sensation that actually tricked you into thinking it was actually clicking clicking in so the big side button that i'm showing on the screen here below the digital crown is apparently no longer a button is one of those haptic feedback uh buttons that's another rumor so interested to see if those are actually true i think these screens are screenshots are actually true they're not some mock-ups um i can i can trust these screens, but I could be wrong. We'll find out September 12th. According to 9to5Mac, they're legit. Yeah. So, they're yeah, legit. September 12th, stay tuned. Uh, you'll get to hear 
what's coming from Apple. So it's gonna be a busy event. Yeah. Um, also, California's been busy with their <laughs> uh, legislature regarding net neutrality. So California um, has passed vote in the Senate uh, regarding their net neutrality bill. Um, it was initially approved in the Senate. We've covered this for a couple episodes just with any updates we've had. And here's another one. Um, it looks like this bill has been voted approved and it's heading to the governor's desk. Uh, the governor of California, Jerry Brown, hasn't really come out either way saying he's for or against this legislation. Um, but it looks like top state Democrats, and that includes the House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi and Senator Kamala Harris, um, support the bill. And this is definitely the front runner in terms of state net neutrality legislation. Um, we kind of commented last week on how it's par for the course, probably in the future for other states looking to take similar action. I think that counts up to 22 states with legislation currently in the works. Um, this is a huge development. What do you think? Yeah. So this would, this would essentially restore the, the bill or uh, the net neutrality rules that were uh, put in place by the Barack Obama. Um, is that right? Yeah. That's, that's the goal um, yeah. of this bill, um, which I think is great because the current FCC rules, uh, that sort of overruled, um, whatever Obama put in place for net neutrality, um, aren't the best if you want to say that <laughs> for net neutrality it really yeah doesn't um uh work with net neutrality at all so this is a good move and i think more and more states like you said they're working on it and i think more and more are gonna uh, pass these types of bills um i because i think it, it benefits you know the people who live in those states definitely um, yeah um yeah it's i mean it's gonna block internet providers from throttling legal content and prioritizing sites, things of that nature, which there's a lot of opposition to that general notion. I think uh, there's a huge movement for net neutrality to be reinstated instead of apply to both home and mobile connections. Uh, the vote was 23 to 11, so it wasn't really even close. Yeah. It wasn't unanimous either, which is right. interesting. But, but... You, you would kind of expect that. I feel like there's probably a lot of, uh, I don't know how to say this delicately, but I'll say there's a lot of people that probably have incentives to oppose net neutrality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And seeing like, that uh, there's the... probably a probable, uh, what's the term, lobbyists out there <laughs> in California that uh, are, are, you know, trying to influence uh, legislators out there yeah. um, of, of voting the other way. Yeah. So, I mean, good news if you're for net neutrality. There's these movements starting in states, in the state legislature, opposing the FCC's decision to roll back net neutrality laws. Oh. So, yeah. Um, and what? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so I was just going to comment on this little side story. Um, there's, you know, this movement going on in California and apparently uh, there's been a campaign started to stop those net neutrality rules in California. And there's been robocalls made to 
target seniors specifically, senior citizens, uh, claiming that it's going if if these rules go into effect, that kind of bring back net neutrality net neutrality legislature, that their cell phone bills will go up by thirty bucks a month and their data will get slowed down, which basically has no actual basis. There's no evidence come out to support any of this, but they're targeting yeah. senior citizens with this information to kind of try and oppose this movement in legislature. Yeah, um, it's uh, interesting that they're targeting uh, senior citizens. I'm assuming it's because they have the they're more likely to vote sort of for the next sort of election in California. So if there's a change in sort of the the people who are in charge of of putting in the, these bills, um, if they convince the senior citizens to sort of change their view on it, that could change put in you know more people who are are not in favor of net neutrality. Right. Um, yeah, it's kind of su- it kind of sucks that this is happening. Um, people are trying to convince people who don't know any better, um, and trying to scare them into believing something that isn't true. Yeah, and um, statements have been made by both AT and T and Verizon declining that they had any involvement in funding the robocall efforts. And it's uh, not suspected that Apple's involved either as they've come out publicly uh, opposing the FCC's repeal of net neutrality. So the actors in this situation are kind of still up in the air, um, no pun intended. But uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting in modern technology how this stuff kind of just transpires. Yeah. Um... Interesting. I, I'm curious to see where this is coming from, who, who's responsible and yeah. who's the, uh, according to this article, it's it's made, these calls are made behind, on behalf of the Civil Justice Association of California and the Congress of California Seniors. Um, and according to the CCS or California, Congress of California Seniors is backed by AT&T Verizon. Yeah, so they've declined, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah. Speaking of, we'll see, uh, but apparently we won't see oh, uh, yeah. a Pixel Watch this year. Um, Google has confirmed in an in interview that it won't be launching its own smartwatch this year, like many people, including myself, and I believe Irvin thought they would. Um, there's a lot of smartwatch development happening right now. Um, there's a lot of announcements being made. We just talked about the Apple watch and, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I can't say I'm not disappointed, but I don't doubt that there'll be one in the future and I'm willing to wait. What do you think about this, Irvin? Yeah, it's interesting. Cause like you said, I did see a lot of, uh, rumors that there, they were going to announce one. Maybe those were true at the time those rumors come came out but perhaps something came along that that changed google's stance and they were like maybe we should just focus on on launching and leaking all these <laughs> pixel 3 xls <laughs> out there uh, <laughs> instead of uh, uh launching this watch as well so perhaps this waiting will give us a a, a better uh pixel watch next year uh, maybe it wasn't up to um up to snuff that didn't meet Google standards, um, but yeah, I was I was sort of hoping for uh, this as well, trying to see what Google could 
uh, put out there because there's a lot of Android Wear or Wear OS watches now um, out there made by different people. And I was kind of curious of see what would Google do because a lot of times when Google puts out uh, a device, a lot of people sort of copy or it, it's sort of it's meant to be that reference device that that people that that sort of dictates what Google's vision is for a certain product. Mm -hmm. That's the goal of the Pixel phones. Um, and and the the Pixel Chrome, the Pixel Books, and all of those. Um, so I was hoping that that Pixel the the Pixel team would release a watch as well, sort of you know say here's what Google thinks that a watch should function as, not just what the software does, but the hardware as well. So I was, I was very uh, curious to see what that would look like. But according to this, it was confirmed by a PR representative that. Um, yeah, no, no, there's no plans to release a smart smartwatch this year. Hopefully next year. Which is, you know, contrary to what was being leaked too. So I guess you yeah. can't you can't always trust what you're getting from leaks either. Um, yeah, but like like I said, maybe it was true late earlier on in the year when these leaks came out, and that companies changed their mind. Maybe they're like, yeah, we should just focus on the phones this year. Yeah, and then worry about the watch next year. Yeah. So, so plans change. And any updates that come out, you'll hear about them here. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the last topic for this episode um, is regarding Google again with their Titan security keys. Um, there's some skepticism regarding the origin of these keys and the involvement of uh, who's creating these keys before Google starts selling them. Uh, these keys are... Um, Hardware tokens offer more robust two-factor authentication than like a text message or a smartphone app. Um, and these are being created by a Chinese company called Thacian, uh, I believe it's pronounced. Um, yeah. Irvin, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so Google uh, and finally started selling their Titan security keys. They've been, I think been, they've been beta testing these in several organizations. Um, and like you mentioned, does offer this more robust two-factor authentication. Basically, if you don't have this key, you can't get into your Google account. Um, and Google has actually rolled out these keys to uh, uh, their uh, employees uh, before it was made available to the public. And they said that it, it reduced their phishing attacks. They we might have talked about this on the show before, but it reduced their phishing attacks to zero. <laughs> percent on on campus by rolling out these security keys so the the idea of them is great yes that it um that it should work but now it came out that uh google isn't the one manufacturing or, or they're not made in the u.s or, or uh, uh some other country but they're actually made in uh, china by these chinese manufacturer um and it's sort of there's a question out there who fully controls the firmware on that thing um, and, and there's just definitely some concerns by security researchers, uh, and it's valid. I think it's yeah. very valid because as anybody, uh, any rogue employee at this uh, fashion company could potentially put uh, um, a malware on those on, on those firmware keys, a, a backdoor, uh, for example. So uh, really want to these security researchers really want to vet. Uh, what the software that is running on these devices. Yeah, and um, there's potentially huge implications with that 
because if you think about all the different organizations, companies, um, you know, private personal users on Google accounts in general that would probably be using these, uh, in addition to Google employees themselves, there's a lot of risk involved here. And it's not startling in this day and age for computer, you know, tech related hardware to be manufactured in China. But when it comes to Google account security, there's a lot of people who are worried and like Irvin and I, I have said rightfully so. Um, yeah, and a lot of other people make these types of security keys, right? And uh, most of those are actually made in um, uh, the U.S. Um, so one of them could be like an RSA key or the Ubico ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and according to this, they're manufactured either in the U.S. or, or Sweden, or I think it's at Sweden. Um, so it, it is sort of different than what other people are doing terms of creating these types of secure keys um i was sort of excited about maybe trying this yeah me too. It, it is 50 dollars um on on google's uh, own store uh and offers two separate keys one for your computer one for your phone that has a bluetooth and nfc connection so it allows you to authenticate through your phone easier hmm. than having to find a way to plug in a usb drive to your phone <laughs> which could be kind of difficult but so I was sort of excited and sort of testing this out, but well, maybe I'll wait. <laughs> I think I'll wait too. I think these these probably have uh, multiple account support as well, right? I'm sorry. I said you. I would think that these have support for multiple accounts, right? Uh, I'm not sure actually. That's an interesting thing that we'll have to wait to see. I would sure that I would be sure that maybe like your your work account wouldn't be on the same uh, token as your private account, but if you have yeah. like multiple private accounts or something of that nature, I would think that you could put those on one card for this. But... Yeah. Anyway, yeah. this this physical two factor authentication overall is is good. I use uh, regular. Uh, two-factor authentication through Authy uh, on any uh, service that offers it. Um, that sort of uh, protects me. Uh, but using a hardware device is, is kind of more secure. Yep. It's not kind of, it is more secure. It definitely is, yeah. <laughs> definitely is. Um, if, if you don't currently use two-factor authentication for your Google account and you're listening, I would highly recommend you look into it. Uh, it'll probably save your butt someday so <laughs> but uh yeah unless you have any closing remarks on that story Irvin, those are our topics for this episode yeah it was uh it was a good show a little bit uh yeah no no other uh other topics that i want to bring up little quick quick episode for you guys on this labor day weekend um just wanted to bring you guys a couple of the big stories that came through yeah um this past week yeah and uh if you are a new listener or a routine listener and you're looking for ways to access our show we're here live on twitch when we broadcast episodes that's at www.twitch.tv forward slash industry 40 all spelled out that's oh for the o uh we are also available on tons of different mediums uh, including spotify google play itunes 
uh, Stitcher, our home base, so to speak, for finding our episodes on Podbean, but you can use any of your favorite podcatchers or podcast apps to find us. And lastly, on social media, uh, you can find us at Twitch. Um, like I had mentioned, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're watching the live stream, we have our links at the top of it, but uh, that's at Industry40, all spelled out on any of those platforms. Um, but with that, and for Irvin and myself, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to episode 66, and we will catch you guys in the next one. Have a good weekend.